the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. And right now, we are very happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line to be joined by former NHL player, Stanley Cup champion, and current analyst for NHL Network. He is Mike Rupp joining us here on the show. Mike, we always appreciate the time, man. How you doing today? I'm doing well. Hopefully, this finds you guys doing the same. Absolutely. We're, we're doing really well, man. So the big question that we're all kind of waiting to be solved for the Blues right now, as you can probably imagine, is what's going to happen with Vladimir Tarasenko's future here? We like the moves that the team has made this offseason, and that's really the one move that's still left outstanding. I'd love to get a player's perspective on something like this from you, Mike. When you have, whether it be yourself or a teammate, somebody within the organization that's clearly requested a trade and that's probably going to be where this heads what is that like in the dressing room when you have that kind of looming over the team whenever that i've always i know some situations are different we've had and we've seen some players in the past that maybe will ask for a trade and then it doesn't and it's known whether it's publicly done but it doesn't come to fruition but uh generally speaking i most of the times as a player you know once that cat's out of the bag, it's hard to put it back in. So I, I think most of the time, that means that uh, I mean, it's almost like your hands are tied. If a player doesn't want to be there, you got to move that player because inside the locker room, it makes it you know it's you try to separate the friendships and being a teammate in the business side of things, and it's it's difficult when you get to that though because everybody is making sacrifices to their game and the way that they're playing their game for this team. And to feel like somebody's not all the way in with you, and it doesn't have to mean that he's not going to try hard. He's not going to. He doesn't want to be part of your future potentially. You got to. You got to move on. And so I don't know. I, time, I think, till the St. Louis Blues and, and Vlad Tarasenko do do that. Uh, just a big question mark right now because this is a team that needs to be and should be in the mix for things. Uh, they've got to get this situated pretty soon. We always talk about distractions, Mike, and of course none of us have ever played in the NHL, and hockey players are so professional with all of this, but how much of a effect does it have on the other guys on the ice and in the locker room throughout the season when you have this distraction? Um, it's tough. It's tough, I think, when you have it where, I don't know, you because you, you, you just want to know 
who's with you and who's moving forward with you. And as a player, I mean, you could just think about from some examples, like if, if a player and a team seem like they're parting ways and there's opportunities for ice time and situational play where that player gets put out there, it, it's tough. We're all competitors. We all want that chance. And so it's, it, it ends up, I feel like, making it very difficult on coaches sometimes as well because this puts this pressure on him. He's, it's important for a coach to have his room. And sometimes in these situations, you can start losing a few guys uh, because there might be those opportunities, and you might view it as, hey, that guy doesn't even want to be here, or we don't even know if uh, this team's moving forward with him. So it, it just makes it a little bit more difficult. Is that something that – I mean, you've been in these locker rooms. Do you feel like you need to have conversations about that openly? Like the, the first practice, do you think that's something Craig Berube will bring up? Or how, how does it typically get approached within that uh, the dressing room? Yeah, most of the time it doesn't really get to that point, you know, and uh, it's kind of those things are situated. You don't have to play through it. But the times that I have seen it, it, it could be handled a bunch of different ways. I mean, it should be just we're all professionals. Let's handle this in a professional way. Like you're in the National Hockey League, all right? So there's going to be no feelings hurt. We're here to win a hockey game tonight, and whatever's the best lineup to do that, that's what we're going to do. That's the way it should be taken. Um, and, and maybe it's just reiterating that. Because everybody knows that. But then you start getting in to the dog days of the season, and a lot of times that's one of the things that plagues NHL teams is you almost start looking for excuses, and you can't do that. So uh, I think that if you take it head-on, a guy that would do that, uh, John Tortorella would do that. I mean, I asked for a trade. Uh, I'm not trying to compare myself to any other of these uh, you know, bigger-name players, but when I was in New York, I asked for a trade, and I didn't practice with the team again. I mean, and that's, you know, if that's a situation uh, that it confronts a team, it's just the coach, you just don't put me in a tough spot. That's fine. I'll respect you, whatever, but we're moving on with the guys we got. So um, generally it doesn't, it doesn't really get to that, to be honest. We're talking with former NHL Stanley Cup champion and NHL Network analyst Mike Rupp here on BK and Ferrario. Uh, Mike, you've been a part of a championship team. And on the outside, media fans, they always talk about the importance of having a close locker room. And we saw that in 1819 when the Blues won the Stanley Cup. How important or how much importance do you put on that in terms of a close knit locker room if they want to compete for a cup? big it's big and it's hard when you get a bunch of new bodies in there and it, it takes a little bit of time because um pretty much every player whether you're a big name player or you're not you're going to want to see how you fit in with this team socially too you know i mean it's hard enough to get implemented stri- strategically and in, in system in the systems and and how you you play certain aspects but you you don't want to come in if you're a um a louder guy on one team, you can't come in guns blazing. It takes a little bit to find that. And, and when teams find it, um, that's the difference, I think. And you can have – there's a, there's the margin of error and the difference between great teams and good teams and good teams and okay. And so you can take a team that's very talented um, and you can say, all right, well, that's 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 a top five team in the league. That's fine. But you have some of those other – attributes they have some of those intangibles and and when you see it I, that's what it was the whole gloria it was the whole how that came into fruition it's these guys rallying around something and having a close-knit group because of it and once you have that that's what will separate you and it'll separate you from teams that are more talented than you and and that's something really i think all stanley cup winners have to have
Mike, the final question that I had for you, I did want to ask about the the two big moves that the Blues made this offseason, bringing in Pavel Buchnevich and Brandon Saad, a guy that has plenty of championship experience in his own right. Uh, what do you think about those two moves in particular and how they'll fit into what, you know, Craig Berube likes to do uh, systematically? Yeah, I think that uh, Brandon Saad's got that skating ability that uh, I think the St. Louis Blues team needs to, to kind of just – Keep implementing guys, younger guys when you can, and, and guys that can skate. Uh, that's that's where the game's at. And we know that they have a, a certain defensive, and, and they've got guys who can grind it out. And they've they've had really talented players that can grind it out, play a smart brand of hockey. But now it's you're trying to get it faster. Every team is. So I like that that fit. And then the Pavel Buchnevich one, I really like. I like it for both teams. Uh, you guys all know what Sammy Blay brings to the lineup. That's exactly what the New York Rangers need. But Pavel Buchnevich is really interesting. There's a lot of Ranger fans out there that are really upset about that trade. First off, he was one of the, the, the locker room favorite guys in New York. Uh, I believe it was Chris Kreider and him are best buds, and, and he's he's just he's a, a great guy to have around the room. But he's big, and he's talented, and he always leaves you wanting a little bit more up to this point. That's good, but he's still young. And maybe this will give him opportunities to play with some other guys where you can see that. But, I mean, he has – he's got a rangy build. He's long. He's lanky. And he, he just has those physical attributes you can't teach. So, the, the sky's the limit for Pavel Bushnevich, and I'm, I'm really interested to see how Craig Grubey uses him. Mike, the final one we got to ask you, and frankly, I haven't been able to watch this documentary yet. It's in my kind of pending things to watch. But as soon as our text line found out that you were joining us, they said you have to get some of the best stories from Mike on his time with the Danbury Trashers. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, there's a Netflix video uh, called Untold Crime and Penalties. So if you don't mind, Mike, can you give our listeners a little taste of what it was like to be a part of the Danbury Trashers? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was during the, you know, the 2004 NHL lockout. Um, it was, uh, there was kind of a trickle-down effect with all players, right? So you had uh, NHL players we didn't have anywhere to play, so you would go over to Europe or there'd be a trickle-down we were playing in the lower leagues. And uh, so there's this appetite for this, um, this, this, uh, <laughs> This uh, owner in in Danbury, Connecticut, who bought a, a, an NHL team for you know his 17-year-old son to be the GM, and if that's not enough for you, it's about every 30 seconds this documentary takes you, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, there's no way. But uh, I've watched it a couple times, and it's bang on. I mean, it was it was probably uh, the best way to sell it would be if you took if you took, and that's the way they they sell it in there too. Is uh, if you take slap shot and kind of put it with uh, the Mighty Ducks movie and then maybe sprinkle it with some of the Sopranos. That's what you got here. So uh, it's a little bit of a little bit of everything, and it's a, it's a crazy time because in 2004, I mean, it wasn't that long ago in the hockey world. That, that type of hockey didn't exist. Well, it existed in Danbury, Connecticut, and this has been a number one movie in the country because of it. Mike, I got to tell you, the most impressive stats for me when I look at like that roster from that team, the the top player in 46 games played that season in penalty minutes had 289 of them. But what was more impressive, Mike, was you only had 30 penalty minutes in 14 games. So you kept your composure in what felt like it was a uh, a cage match every single night. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, you know, when you sit there and, and I think back to when I went there, right, I, I said to the owner, Jimmy Galante, I said, hey, if I'm coming down 
and playing. I mean, you got to figure there's the NHL, right? There's the American Hockey League. There's the East Coast Hockey League. Then there's the United Hockey League. So if I'm coming down, you know, potentially four leagues, I was in the minors before, and I, I know that I'm going to be a target for players to want to come and show that they can, whether it's fight me or challenge me or whatever way. And I said, I want to come play hockey. I got to get ready so I can play in the NHL, and, and I have to play this year. And I remember, Jimmy, i uh, give you my very uh, poor Italian uh, accent, but uh, he just he just says to me on the phone, he's like, Michael, I want you to hang up this phone and look on our website at our team. You have nothing to worry about. Nobody will even look at you. And I was like, what is this guy talking about? So I go on there, and then I start hearing all these guys. Like, There's this folklore folk about some of these players in the depths of minor league hockey. And there's guys, if you've got a nickname in the in like John Nasty Morassi or Rope or Roman, the, Rome, uh, the Nigerian Nightmare Nador, or there's Brad Wingnut Wingfield. I mean, it was on and on. Frank the Animal by Lois. I'm reading this roster. I'm like, oh, my gosh, they got Frank the Animal. They've got John Nasty Morassi. I'm like, you know, I got nothing to worry about. I'm never going to have to fight. So I went there, and I'm just skating around, I felt like I was uh, dancing around there like Paul Valbury because I didn't have to worry about anybody challenging me anything. That's amazing. That's awesome. Absolutely <laughs> incredible. That That is on the must-watch list for yes. everybody. Hey, Mike, thanks so much for the time today. Really appreciate you hopping on with us. We'll talk with you again as we get closer and closer to this NHL season, my man. Awesome, guys. Enjoy. Peloton's best offer of the season is here. Get up to $300 off accessories when you purchase a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Choose from a variety of accessories, like our cycling shoes, a heart rate monitor, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. This limited time offer ends November 28th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer starts November 14th and ends November 28th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. The Wendy's $3 breakfast deal is here. Get a bacon or sausage egg and Swiss croissant plus a small seasoned potatoes. That's a better breakfast for just three bucks in three easy steps. One, wake up. <sighs> Two, get out of bed. And three, head to Wendy's for your $3 breakfast deal. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's $3 breakfast deal. Limited time only. Participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hour. Select or request $3 breakfast deal in order to obtain discount. Not valid for all card or combos orders. Price and participation may vary in Alaska and Hawaii.